show anything. <laughs> I should get a tablet in the video. Um, yeah, I, I was considering getting a, a tablet too, but not not the Amazon one. Those are bad. Yeah, no, the Amazon ones are crap. Uh, I mean, for if if you can get it for like ten bucks, they have a lot of uh, okay, maybe because <laughs> as when when I sold them to my friend for thirty five when we uh-huh. had it on sale, so many ads. Yeah, yeah, yeah he hates it. But um, I I kind of want to get like a tab E just because those are cheap. Yeah, I would get a Tab E or I'd get a because used iPad for I don't, me. I'm not like a power tablet user. At all, exactly. Yeah, if I'm doing any power anything, I'll I'm use like use my computer. computer. So yeah. there's not really much of a reason for me to get a high-end tablet. I'm not doing art or anything. I'm not drawing and shit. Right, so. I'm not in an art class. And even then, I would probably just use a Wacom tablet on my right, computer. Right. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, tablets are, for the most part, pretty cool. They're this pretty handy is, to have. This is where they're useful. Yeah, because like, as a monitor, like this. you wouldn't really need the monitor anymore exactly. other than just to view what we're looking at. Right, yeah. right. So that's really the only reason to have uh, to have something like that. But uh, everybody, you're listening to episode 13? Is it episode yeah. 13? 13? Wow. This, this is episode 13. We made it to you, 13 of these. Yeah, can you believe it? We're 13 episodes into the podcast. Wow. Not a lot, but, you know, it's a lot to us. That makes me happy, man. We've, we made it to 13 of yeah, these. Yeah, we've done 13 of these, and we've made it to almost a full year of hey we're playing yeah 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 we started shit. we started last march yeah or may uh, i think it was march i think it was like i think it was april like right no i think it was march was it, march? it was it was one of the m's March or May. Couldn't I feel like we. I feel, I feel like, like we went March. over this th- last week. I think you're week. right. I think it's March. I, I, we went over this last week, and, and we didn't do any know, research we, to we find don't out remember. our days. But yeah, we're we're on episode 13 of the Haycast, the number one gaming podcast in our hearts. Ah. Uh, this is a lot of work. This is a lot of work. It <laughs> you, took you, us an hour to set this room up. Yeah, you guys have no idea how much time we take to really set all this stuff up because we don't have a studio. No, we're we just don't. doing this in my bedroom. It's awesome. <laughs> we we even have, <laughs> we have my bed sheets hung up right here, <laughs> so you guys don't see my freaking bed because the beds look weird. We'll get a better. I, I'm ruining the illusion. <laughs> 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 so what have you been doing, Giacomo? Lately, uh, I've been playing with my knife. <laughs> so have i this was something i forgot to mention i started getting into pocket knives because of one of our co-workers uh, bryant loves knives. yes he is super into knives so i started getting into knives i have this little spot cheaper spider co right here i'm gonna get a more expensive knife pretty soon spider co sponsor us so we can get free knives <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was i was debating over like a bunch of different knives so for a while i was kind of debating between spider co or benchmade because they're both nice brands but uh-huh. they're also expensive brands I mean, if you're getting one of the nicer ones. And then now, then I was deciding between like um, these two similar style knives. Uh-huh. But yeah, um, I'm going to be spending some money <laughs> on knives. I, I keep getting into expensive hobbies. But one thing I'm never going to get into is watches because those get really he expensive. He says that now. I'm never going to get into watches because I don't even wear a watch. Someone, someone's going to get you a nice watch one day. And you're gonna be like, oh, that's if I need really to check nice. my time, I just check my phone. You know, that's what there's, everybody there's a does. Whole thing, man, it's a whole thing about nice watches. Like I was a hater too, uh-huh. and I would totally wear one these days. <laughs> really? But I can't afford it, so well, th- I choose not to afford it. I'd rather buy more lenses for my camera. Anyways, I finally got all the characters for Smash. It took me. <laughs> I don't know you why should, it took you me so long. Done it the cheap way, like me. <laughs> no, I, I had to play classic mode and everything for fun. I, I cheesed the character unlocks to because I'm impatient thing? and I just wanted all the characters to play. Because I'm I'm a tryhard. Yeah, you are. When it comes to fighting games, games. fighting games, 
I'm a tryhard, so I just went and unlocked all the characters the cheap way. That's fair. Can't hate you for that. <laughs> uh, I think if I played with more people around the house, then I would have done that. Mm-hmm. But it was just me playing for a while. Well, yeah, because like when you're actually trying to play the game, like you you're playing on one of our other con, like one of your other friends' consoles, right? right? So um, there wasn't really much reason for you to just go and unlock all the characters because you're not a tryhard, and you just kind of you were just kind of playing through classic mode and um, World of Light, uh, World which of I still Light. haven't beaten. It's just so long, right? I mean, I. I, since our recording of World of Light, when me and Arnold recorded it, uh, I have not touched it. <laughs> yeah, because the thing is, as much as I like World of Light, and I can definitely see them do expansions for it, right? It's it's kind of boring after a while. Sure, because you start one shotting everyone. Kinda, it's kind of repetitive because yeah. I feel like it's kind it's hard to do a story mode for a fighting game. Yeah, because it gets really repetitive like even the story mode for story mode for street fighter the main story the when they added so originally story mode was very bare in street fighter 5 uh-huh. then they added the kind of bigger story mode that you know pretty much fixed the issue with the story mode before it it added more content it was a longer story mode it was a full-fledged story mode and it was pretty decent but it still had that issue of it being a story mode for a fighting game so it got repetitive mortal kombat i feel like did it pretty well but again it's still a fighting game story mode and it's not really as interesting as a full yeah it's not yeah yeah, it's not the main purpose for the game so it's not as interesting as a full-fledged story-based game and I think what killed it for me was not necessarily the fighting portion. That was great. Sure. Um, the puzzles weren't super hard. You got the spirits. You right, did right. some stuff. Not too complex there. The thing was, it's you're running around the board half the time, and that's just, it's so slow. Uh-huh. It, I mean, I think it's cool, the whole style of, you know, moving around between, like, it's like classic RPG type. Yeah, because there's the themes, but the problem was is I was getting kind of bored half the time sure. walking, and I just wanted to do. You remember in Melee where they had the list of just these were the challenges you did, right? And you you were, you were given a character or you chose one, and you had to beat a scenario with different effects. Uh-huh. They should have just done that. Okay. And just just given me that. Uh, I think the classic mode is still good, solid. What they did for Smash Wii U was really uh-huh. good. I thought that was great too. Okay. This one is all right. Dinner the day, I didn't love it, and I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. eventually beat it, but it's just... Yeah, I mean, World of Light, I feel like, is solid for Smash. It's... it's a, I mean, I thought Subspace Emissary was pretty cool in Brawl. Right. Um, And then I feel like this was kind of a more... A bit more unique. It's a bit different from what it was in Brawl. And I think I definitely think it is interesting, and I like the implementation of it, but uh, yeah, at the end of the day, it's it's a fighting game story mode type thing, so not really too much to it, and it's uh, it's never going to be a full-fledged like, it RPG. It can't be. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, like, it's not the idea of that game. Right. What I want is more of those bosses, like when you had a Gallimon, I can never pronounce uh-huh. his name. Uh, when you got to fight Dracula, sure, and Master Hands, those are like the only ones you I really like. Some see. of them got kind of uh, tedious. They can be, but I I would have liked more of those kind of bosses where uh-huh. it's because I I can only really think of Master Hand Dracula and that one yeah. robot guy, right? And that's what I wanted is more of those because th- those were cool. Like all right, a, a different boss, especially for classic mode. That's a lot of fun, right? It's hard to implement a good boss fight 
in a fighting game as well. Again, yeah, because yeah. it's a fighting game. Yes, so. exactly. So like in Smash, it was kind of weird because it they did the, kind of the thing where they added health instead of percentages. But like that's how Master Hand always was. Yeah. Though. No, no, I know, I know. But what was kind of frustrating was the whole, um, you know, like where you have enemies that don't get knocked back. Okay. It felt really weird. Right, because you're just hitting them and they're standing still. Exactly. And it. Exactly. So it, I mean, how how do you implement a proper boss fight in in a game like that? I I, I think. I think Marvel versus Capcom did a pretty good idea, good, good, pretty good job of implementing boss fights into their story mode. And I think Marvel versus Capcom just overall did a pretty decent job with their story mode as well. But Smash is kind of different. It's it relies heavily on knockback and and things like that, and it's just not really easy to implement that for a boss fight because knocking back a boss, it's it's it kind of detracts from the whole boss thing right because you could sort of do it to master hand and crazy hand right if you hit them like i guess in the back of the glove where the wrist is right, right, right. They'll, they'll fall down and that's like the one time they've tripped and sure. you can actually hit them sure yeah okay i see what you mean yeah because yeah. it, it's mm -hmm. sort of anticlimactic yeah yeah definitely but yeah that's 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 pretty much all um all all my main gripes with, with world of light overall it's pretty cool it's, yeah. it's 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 nice it's solid it's interesting it's a unique way to implement a story mode to it, a fighting game so. yeah it definitely doesn't take away from the game but right. it's not anything that i'm like if they didn't give you that sure. i wouldn't be upset mm -hmm. i would have liked break the targets but they didn't give us that either uh -huh. home run bat would be fun too but that's cool yeah it's just, I, I miss the mini games right i like those more mini games in smash <laughs> please yeah mini games are cool i mean Imagine if they implemented sort of a Mario Party type type thing to yeah. Smash Bros. I think that'd be really cool. Uh, and I think it could be something that you could do with a Smash game because there's enough item-based stuff with Smash Brothers that and you could do something like do that. do better, like yeah. uh, shoot targets and there's four right. people trying to shoot as many targets with right. a character. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that could be fun. I could play that for like a little bit yeah. and then go back to regular Smash. Yeah. Because really when I'm playing Smash with people, we might get a max two hours at uh -huh. most before you're like, okay... We've played it. We'll do it again next time and then sure. get kind of bored. Yeah, because you're you're playing more more casually, more party style. Right. And it's easier to get bored of a party style game like that than it is to when, when you're someone that's playing seriously. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You play anything else other than Smash or was that pretty much it? Yeah. So I was playing Bayonetta 2. Uh-huh. And I was trying to get gold. It's still hard because I'm playing on hard mode. Okay. <laughs> it's just insanely difficult and it, it frustrates me at times. I'm with my mic a bit more because it keeps lowering itself. It happens. Yeah, that, that's always a good game. I really want a third one to come out. Come on, Platinum. You're doing a kick-ass job already. I'm still excited for Anthem. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're going to be talking a bit about like the stuff we're excited about again. 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 Uh, because there's a bit more more stuff related to that. Um, I'll, I guess I'll talk a bit about what I've been doing. So, oh, we both watched Bird Box. We mentioned it last time, but we didn't really talk about Bird Box. We did want to talk a bit about mo movies a bit more. Um, I watched, I marathoned all of season four of the magicians just within like two days <laughs> that's pretty normal uh, for for us millennials yeah i mean i like the magicians i think it's a good show i really enjoy it um what would you give it out of ten uh seven or like probably a seven okay yeah i enjoy i enjoy the magicians a lot i i definitely think it has its flaws it pushes time travel based stuff a lot and when you implement time travel into a show it gets kind of weird to make it not broken 
Okay. Because there are a lot of instances where it's broken and it's kind of like a deus ex machina. You ever watch Heroes? I did a little bit. You remember a hero. Mm-hmm. He was kind of the deus ex machina of the show. Right. When something he, needed, he would just, he would just he swoop in and then fix everything. And that's pretty much what happened with time travel and the magicians. And it hurt. It, it kind of sucks. I still enjoy the show overall. I think it's a really enjoyable show, regardless of how broken time travel is. Because <laughs> I mean, in anything, time travel is super broken, you know? So... That's that. Um, I started watching the latest season of iZombie that came out oh, on Netflix. Oh, you watched season four, right? Yes. Yeah. So, You're really into that show. iZombie's cool. I enjoy it too because it's kind of, it's not from a comic book, but they make it like a show based on a comic book. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, and, and you'll see that from the implementations of a comic book art style with the intro and uh some transition scenes and stuff like that so it's pretty it's pretty cool and i like the characters and i enjoy the style of zombie because zombie shows have gotten pretty cliche in their portrayal of zombies yes like walking dead um you ever have you watched z nation I can imagine if there's people alive, it's mostly people arguing and some so zombies. So Z Nation is like a bit more, it's kind, It's like The Walking Dead, but with more comedy elements related. Okay. Like the character, one of the characters is a doctor that really likes to get high. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there's a lot of comical elements to it. And um, they, they did, they did add sort of a sentient zombie race to the show in i think season two of z nation okay. spoilers um but i mean it's it's pretty it's pretty okay i don't think z nation's the best zombie show out there uh but it's pretty interesting well most when i'm looking at any kind of zombie movie uh-huh we can tie this with bird box when you look at a post-apocalyptic movie or show right it boils down to one thing survivors and how they deal with other survivors yes, yes. and it does get cliche right because that's You're gonna basically have it <laughs> and then it just comes down to how well do you make those cliches and themes in your movie right and can you twist it uh-huh like in bird box yeah spoilers bird box. why didn't they show <laughs> spoilers again why didn't they show the monster i wanted to see the monster it's the mystery <laughs> do you remember the quiet place uh, i didn't watch it i still need to watch it holy shit <laughs> anyways <laughs> near the end of the movie yeah. you finally see the monster yes so great i have this resolution like finally at least i get to see what it is for me and bird right. box they never did that yeah they never did that at all and i was just going like was... <laughs> so so uh i looked into it uh-huh the book version has the people gouge their eyes out oh yeah so that that's a more dark ending, okay. which they totally don't do. Because why wouldn't they do that? Though it's Netflix. The director doesn't do horror movies. She does more suspense and thrillers, and so she's like, "I can't do that." Come that's not on, me. man! But that would have been awesome. Wouldn't yes. it be to see like to someone with their eyes stitched right, out? Right. I mean, I like gore and I like horror, so right. I, I generally ass. prefer the darker uh, results of things. So for at least for something like that but yeah bird box was mediocre at best i feel like yeah um, um i feel like a, a lot of cool people watched concept. it because of sandra bullock huh do you feel like a lot of people watched it because of sandra bullock probably uh but yeah it was an interesting idea but poorly executed 
because like you said the director doesn't do horror so i feel like it was really muted kind in a way yeah there was definitely the good elements i liked about it it uh, was the guy when he comes into the house right the, the psychopath yep he was great like yeah that, no that guy was cool that was like I, a moment of real suspense and you're you're like oh yes. my god i actually kind of care about right. some of these characters when he starts pulling out the drawings and everything and then <laughs> and you're finding out like he's actually fucking crazy yes wow yeah, he's that one was, of those guys who i f- they never really explained those people so the only thing about them that i i, I could interpret was they were all from mental asylums and people who were crazy okay they were already seeing these creatures in their head now it's this is what I see all the time. Now you guys uh, get to experience okay. it, except you can't handle it, sure. so you're going to kill yourself. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I guess that kind of makes sense. Um, but like, I feel like the film still could have done a better job of kind of explaining explaining them it without really directly explaining it. Um, in a way where so that like it's not just random because the film made it feel so random and just. I don't know. I, it's kind of hard for me to like word this, but yeah, I just didn't really. F- f- it it just felt random. <laughs> pretty okay. much, this yeah, me. it didn't have its big buildup. Yeah. It, it was just sort of there. Yes, like yes. the first psychopath was the river guy, I believe, right? The one who's like, do you want to see one a deer? That they showed. Yeah, it like, was l- later in the timeline, but yeah, it was the first yeah, one that, that they showed in the movie. That was mm-hmm. a really good one because I was I was surprised. I was like, okay, I kind of want to know more about these people. Like, For what's some going on reason, with when I first saw him, I thought, oh, that's the monster, but it wasn't. <laughs> right? Yeah, I was like, is it just the monster calling him? I was like, oh no, 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 this is just a crazy person. Are yeah. they going to explain more? Or is he just yeah Dude, the the monster the monster from Bird Box kind of reminds me of. Have you seen The Mist? I was going to say The Mist or The Happening. Yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of The Mist. I haven't seen The Happening. Well, yeah, The Mist was just like the, the thing that makes you kill yourself, and it's like the, the noise, right? It's not... No, no, no. Or whatever no, no. it was. The, the Mist, it shows you... It shows you shit. Right. Yeah, The Mist shows you shit, and then it can actually harm you, I believe. Um, I don't remember. it. I, I, I watched like a few episodes of the Netflix show, and then I stopped. Ah. I got a little tired of it, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? What else? What else? Uh, I played something. Oh, what did you play? I played stuff on the channel. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So we'll, we'll just go ahead and talk about that, about some of that stuff. Some of the stuff that we played on this channel recently, uh, because like I played an interesting thing. My voice cracked a little bit. It did. Yeah. One of the things that was really interesting that we played was the Zelda Ocarina of Time Unreal Engine remake, which is doing surprisingly well on our channel. It, it, it semi blew up. It blew up for our standards, kind of. Yep. Um, but it was a it was an Unreal Engine 4 remake of The Legend of Zelda. Which I think looks great. Yeah. And Ocarina of Time was one of those Zelda games that I played a bit more than others. Although I don't really remember much from it because I was playing it when I was younger and I wasn't good at problem solving back then. <laughs> I think I could do every dungeon except for the water temple uh-huh. off of memory. Really? Yeah. Water temple is the only one I always get kind of confused with, yeah. but I can run through that game. I'm, n- I'm definitely no speedrunner, but I could probably right. do it in about a whole day if I right. spent the day. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was interesting because it kind of brings up fan made remakes of games because... I feel like sometimes fans are doing it better than the developers. Well, they have a lot of love for the project, so they just build on what was built on right, the foundation and right. make... Let's look at the Bethesda thing. 
Bethesda in Fallout 4 had a fatal error uh-huh. that a patch was custom built for by by a fan right that fixed it and i think it was in the nexus that's what you could happens get it. with a lot of bethesda yeah. games because skyrim had a lot of ui issues and things like that and a lot of issues overall that fans fixed and bethesda never did right and you think bethesda would just buy those yeah. ideas now and just go implement it in the game because it what's, actually works what's re- also really interesting is because is that bethesda games have been built around fans fixing their stuff all like, the time Even, they have issues yeah. fans fix it bethesda never fixes it because bethesda's like why should we the fans already did it right so they've always been relatively supportive of mods so i found it kind of interesting with the recent with a, one of the stories that happened recently with fallout 76 how fans which we talked about last week how players were getting banned for using mods and and shaders and shit like that you right, know what which i mean don't actually affect the game right it just helps you look at the game i mean sometimes there can be mods that do affect gameplay. oh sure like if you um, do extra damage or you have more life on certain situations yeah, like uh soul caliber 6 was having an issue where people were using ch- uh, cheat engine Ooh. to mess with some values for the customization like the um the creative souls Oh yeah, and so you could really be creating, busted with creative souls. No, yeah, people were creating gigantic Apple characters, right? And then um, uh, I saw an Astaroth with a giant, giant, giant axe. Oh, <laughs> so you could hit you from across. Yeah, it was uh, some interesting stuff. So there are instances where those values getting changed will affect on the other side but most of the time stuff like shaders and whatnot those are really more client side so other people don't see it but you do right so and it doesn't really affect anything so i just thought it was kind of interesting that bethesda was just like no fuck it ban everybody when they've been so so fan oriented so uh so supportive of the modding community so i mean where was I going with this? Where were you going with this? I, I don't remember. Uh, I, I was just—I I just wanted to bring up the fact that it was just that kind fans of, make good versions of games yes, that are already built. Yes, that's what we were talking about. Yes. Um. But yeah, like fans, a lot of the time they they do it better because Bethesda created made a HD sort of remaster of Skyrim, right? Uh, like an HD version of Skyrim. But fans had already created mods for the 4k versions and everything that just looked Looked amazing it looked a hundred times better than the version bethesda hashed out so like and they don't have a budget (laughs) these people aren't making money (laughs) from it they did this for free yeah and it's just it just baffles me how bethesda didn't dish out when they were getting paid for it didn't dish out something that looked better than that well my only defensing argument would be this Bethesda, since they're the main developers and there's studios that do it, uh-huh. we're saying, all right, we have this much money we can put towards you guys yep. that are building it, but you need to make a new game or something because uh-huh. we can't just have you work on everything that looks nice. Right. So, you know, they're going to definitely have them only do so much work and then do a different project where this guy who may be supported on Patreon uh-huh. with a small team of like four or five dudes that's all they have so yeah, like yeah. of course we're gonna make it better because yeah, they're not push, we're, they're pushing it a bit harder right yeah. they're not worried about fixing bugs or anything they're uh-huh. making this better version okay so that isn't the defense but at the same time yeah if you have a better version like you you know that this version is better why would you make right one? right <laughs> you don't need to yeah i know it's it's like 
another another interesting one was uh was near automata i never PC. played that so uh, you never you never played it no i definitely recommend it it's really really good uh but the pc port was kind of broken right it did it, it ran really poorly didn't look super great but frame rate was one of the major issues with it and then Ooh. support for certain resolutions like the resolution drops during cutscenes, and then the frame rate goes to like 30 frames per second and, and shit like that so someone created uh it's i think it's called the far mod far i don't remember what it stands for but it fixes frame rate it fixes you can add shaders and stuff to make it look better it's a mod that literally <laughs> fixed everything about the pc port of near automata <laughs> and i mean Japan has never really been great at PC ports to begin with. They're always consoles. Um, yeah, they're more console oriented and especially handheld oriented. Well, they, Japanese uh, Japan, yeah, love Japan handheld. loves their handhelds, but PC has never been quite as supported in Japan. And near Automata being a game that came from Japan, it wasn't a good port. <laughs> Uh, and which sucks because I play most of my stuff on PC and I still love Nier Automata. I still enjoy playing it on PC, but it was with that mod because the game is virtually unplayable without it. And and then recently, and the modding community, they're constantly updating their, their shaders and stuff. And so they, they have a new... Uh, a new graphic mod that just okay. made it look really really good and i definitely recommend checking that out if you plan on playing near automata on pc so yeah that is true yeah um we didn't really think this podcast through did we no we're having a good time <laughs> yeah regardless. but yeah we're, we're just kind of talking about shit um yeah we're doing this a little bit differently than normal we we, we were more news centric before we're still going to talk about some news and stuff too but we don't we don't we didn't want to focus about it as much because we have the weekly roundup for that we're finding <laughs> our chi our yeah. center so for 13 episodes <laughs> 13 episodes in we're still fully figuring out this podcast so you guys are are learning with us and you're experiencing our learning process process right now um but we wanted to talk a bit about some stuff like uh games that we wanted to go a bit more in depth about some of the games that are coming out this year uh or supposedly coming out this year because death stranding is still not confirmed for this year um uh ghost of tsushima which was one of, was which was that samurai game that i was talking about last week that i couldn't remember the title that wasn't of. the one by by the the makers of um dark souls yeah for uh from software no that's not the one from 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 software that's a different one yes. which also happens to be kind of samurai-ish yes but it looks super cool it does um but yeah we're seeing that at e3 it, yeah it, it wasn't confirmed for this year but it appears like these are the these are games that are going to be coming out this year because yeah the release dates haven't been fully confirmed yet um there was another one that hasn't been fully confirmed yet either let me uh, oh gosh so it was ghost of tsushima uh death stranding last of us part two. Oh yeah those were the ones i still gotta play last of us uh-huh uh, <laughs> i don't own a playstation so last of us <laughs> i played through on ps3 i didn't play through the whole game i got i think halfway through but the it game seemed like a really cool game yes it is a good game it's definitely a game that you do have to finish i still have to finish it 
um, so I can play Last of Us 2. But it is good, and people will criticize you heavily for not playing it. Oh, yeah. So we better get on that. Um, but yeah, D- Last of Us 2, uh, Death Stranding, and Ghost of Tsushima are games that are probably coming uh, next year, uh, this year, but not fully confirmed. I'm like 95% sure Death Stranding is going to be this year. Uh, the mo- one I'm, what I am most excited for is still Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. That is easily for me the best looking game for the year. Every uh, time I look at that game, I think of Human Evolution, Deus Ex, Human Deus Evolution, Ex, yeah. And I think this feels like the first time I played it, <laughs> which is great because Deus Ex is a fantastic game. I love the cyberpunk setting i think that, it is yeah. so cool it's so awesome to be like the mods and everything uh the way you can like improve your gun right, skills right. and i especially love because you have two sides to cyberpunk you have like sort of the future utopia side of cyberpunk and then you have kind of the more industrial gritty side of cyberpunk and i really enjoy the sort of industrial gritty i i love the film akira yeah um, Which is, it's this year, guys! 2019! <laughs> That's, That's true! What it said in, yeah. That's true! I forgot about uh, that! We should watch that soon. Oh, that man, we, sh- we should watch it as a reference to the 2019 in the 2019, movie. 2019, guys. Um, but yeah, I did really enjoy Akira. Uh, and yeah, I just enjoy cyberpunk in general. I think it's really cool. It's really interesting. There's so much you can do with it. And I feel like a lot of cyberpunk is fo- very focused around... Um, modifying the body it is totally Um, and i think that's cool because you can do a lot of shit with that and you can just do a lot of shit with cyberpunk in general fantasy it's kind of overplayed now right uh lord of the rings we've done fantasy for a while let's yeah we've done it for a long time future is where it's at future is where i've always loved sci-fi a little more than fantasy i still love fantasy fantasy still has a, a a place in my heart because i grew up on it um, but yeah, it's it's gotten overplayed, and it's kind of really hard to make fantasy unique now. With cyberpunk, since it is future stuff, there is an infinite number of things that you right, can... because you can just keep going forward. Yes. Because at some point, fantasy, when are they going to learn how to make a TV? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, right. at what point does right. Hogwarts get Wi-Fi? Yeah. Yes. So... <laughs> so. Yeah, um, but yeah, Cyberpunk 2077, easily the game I am most anticipating for. What would be the first thing you'd mod yourself in the game? <sighs> I don't know. I would do hacking on my hand, if there, if that's even a thing. Uh-huh. I'm just taking total guesses. Be the first thing you I would do. You want to watchdog this shit? Absolutely. Like, <laughs> first thing I would do is hack my hand so that I could I could unlock computers. Sure. Because like when I played Deus Ex, I always did silent, uh-huh. and I always did like you know like single shots, like go for the head and okay. everything, and disabling people. Yes. Like that was my whole thing. So I'm gonna do that again. And uh, after watching the trailer, uh-huh. that's all I want to do. I just want to do that. <laughs> yeah, and like, oh man, fuck. Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk's so cool because it is an RPG, but it seems like it's got its shooter elements down really well really well yeah really well and like i always felt i always felt like shooting and rpg just didn't mesh together very well but they're doing a really good job with it uh at least from the trailer that we've seen which showed a lot of the game so um i don't know how they i I can't see how they can really fuck this up right and being a company that a Polish company that never made games when they created The Witcher. Yeah. And then, like, th- th- so they've always been doing PC. Uh, I mean, not PC. Uh, they've always been doing p- 
reports of stuff or right it was they, mm-hmm. they were reporting shit and then they decided we're gonna make a game yes and yeah sure maybe it's not my favorite witcher series but you get to watch them really step up the game it's like someone who's learning a new language yes. versus a native yeah the one who they learns grew a lot over the creation of right. the witcher and they really have an understanding of it what's because what what happened was they didn't start with something easy not at all <laughs> they started with rpgs and full-on rpgs not 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 that rpg maker shit what would you say is the easiest game type to make the easiest game type to make I would say RPG maker. Well, I would say like in a, in a genre, what do you think is the easiest kind of uh, make? That's a tough one. I would say shooters. Side scroller. Okay. Side scrollers too. I just yeah. think shooters are easy because it's designed and point. That's it. But with stuff like shooters for it to be good, you have a lot of factors like bullet drop and uh, like aiming mechanics, things like that. Um, hitboxes, uh, hitboxes in a shooter is inherently more difficult than hitboxes in a platformer because you're doing dealing with 3D space. Shooters, you are dealing with a 3D game, whereas a platformer, you're dealing with 2D space. Hitboxes, hurtboxes, things like that is easier to gauge, mm-hmm. and it's just it's it's a platformer. You can't really fuck up a platformer too much. It it is. I I feel a platformer, 2D platformer is just overall a simpler thing to make and that's why they're so common in indie in the indie space because it's easy to develop because you're not dealing with 3d when once you start incorporating 3d it's inherently more difficult because you have the whole z-axis okay I, i definitely can see that i still think it's easier because in a 2d platform if your controls aren't good then you're not going to play it at all. At least in a shooter, Ob- the obviously idea is- you do have to fine tune your controls, and that is still something that is difficult. Creating games, creating a good game, is not an easy thing. Let's say we have developers that are, let, let, let's say we have inexperienced developers. Okay, they are going to drift to two D platformers more than they are going with shooters because it is harder to code a three D game than it is to code a 2d it is also more demanding for a 3d type thing for the computer to render and all that stuff it's overall going to be a a headache to deal with if you don't have them if you don't have the 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 materials for it the uh, the specs in your your rig that you're developing it in as you are with uh with the 2d game that's fair i didn't Mm -hmm. think of it that way yeah okay you you made a solid argument i I will (laughs) I will, I, definitely, smart, I will people. definitely give you this one. <laughs> I'm smart. I'm Asian. <laughs> Flip the table. <laughs> um, but yeah, where were we? So anyways, they decided to start with an RPG. Yes. yes. And it just, you know, the rest is history. Yeah, you they, they, the they start, yeah, they started with something difficult. And that, I feel like they learned more from that than someone that would start simpler. Yeah. So because yeah they really have an understanding of it yeah and and they're they 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 haven't fucked up yet so i don't expect them to yes exactly um ghost of tsushima looks cool have you seen the trailer for it yes and you saw did you saw you saw it at um it was e3 right Mm -hmm. that they revealed it at (laughs) they had like the little pipe flute guy playing with it and everything but yeah i that game looks like it is going to destroy my computer is so pretty and so, so <laughs> demanding there's so many particle effects and shit like that it seems from the trailer um the the way the graphics are it 
it seemed like there was a lot of you notice during the fight scenes in that trailer all the bokeh effects and stuff in there <laughs> it was crazy are you gonna need to update your 1070 i might need to swap out my 1070 for like a, a 2080 2080 yeah. <laughs> 2080 ti god oh so boy. you can play fortnite and minecraft <laughs> <laughs> those are two games i do not touch <laughs> I oh, still play. Boy. I still play Minecraft on my Switch. I don't play Minecraft. I, 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 it's not for me. I like burning my house down and finding a new house and doing it all over <laughs> again. Minecraft. I felt. I feel like it's it's kind of weird because it's in this sort of space where people, a lot of people, feel embarrassed by it. I can see it because it is marketed more towards children these days. Yes. And so it's like, what are you playing? A but then kid's you do, game? You do like, have adults that play it. But like, yeah, I feel like a lot of, I don't want to say hardcore gamers because you can have hardcore Minecraft gamers. Would you say it's more associated with cringiness? And yes. therefore. I, f- I feel like a lot of the Minecraft thing is very cringy it is associated with cringy people kind of like five nights at Freddy's. i was gonna bring up five nights if spencer was here you'd have a great story for five nights at <laughs> really Freddy's, but we'll, we'll leave that to okay. him okay <laughs> we'll we'll force him to talk about it next time he's here for the s list spencer's been out of out of town for he's a while so, right yeah now. so he's not here um that's why he hasn't been on the s list lately it won't be next week either yes but we'll we're gonna have another words. episode without him sadly because spencer brings all the fun stuff to he's, the show he's 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 great <laughs> so so yeah, so Minecraft, that's why people are embarrassed, yes. but it's a fun game. I still enjoy it. Uh, yeah, no, I think Minecraft on its own, it's it's fine. It is fine. It is the, I feel it's the com- more of the community behind it. Similar to how, and I'm going to get a lot of hate for saying this, but like the Smash Brothers community Ooh. is a little, I want to say, Im- I don't, someone immature. I was going to say, you're going to say immature. I felt yes. like you were going to say it. It, it is. It, 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 it simply is. And a lot of people within the fighting game community will agree with me because the fighting game community and the Smash Brothers community, even though Smash Brothers is considered a fighting game and a lot of us fighting game players respect that we consider it a fighting game. It is a difficult game to play. Uh, it is a very different fighting game, but it still requires a completely different skill set that is very, very difficult to master. I respect the game. I respect the competitiveness of the game. I respect the skill involved to play it. It's just the community is just childish. It's very immature. They 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 get there. There's there's the divide between all the different Smash games. Melee players are very elitist, mm. and I I think you on you know this. Most gamers know how hardcore elitist melee players are, and they will. Ba- they will talk down on Smash 4 players when Smash 4 was the the latest one. They will talk down to those players like they don't have as much skill as them. Even though the games they're different, they require a different skill set. It is a it is a different style of Smash game. Right, plays differently. So yeah, that that's pretty much the the main thing. And uh, also, a lot of people will talk about how if you go to a Smash Brothers tournament, it doesn't smell good. You've never been to a Smash Brothers a tournament. It's been a while. It, uh, you've never been to a Smash Brothers tournament, but people that have been to the Smash Brothers tournament will know that smell is not good. <laughs> That's the joke I always see. And yes. They still have them here locally. If you go to like uh, some of our the game shops right. down here, they'll have yeah. them. Smash Brothers has the largest community backing. What's nice is because it's, it's 
it can really bring a lot of casual players into playing this, right. even even in the competitive yes. level, because it's still fun. Yes, that's one of the things that's really unique about yeah. Smash. Yeah, no, Smash it it Smash Brothers Ultimate sold so well. It was the reason the Wii U was. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it sold so so well, and a big part of that was yeah, the Switch sold really well, and a lot of people like Smash Brothers because Nintendo. Nintendo, all the Nintendo characters, all the party game aspects of it, and, and stuff like that. But yeah, Smash Brothers in general has a large, one of the largest communities for a fighting game. With the fighting game community, they struggle to create, to start local tournaments because there's not enough people going, uh, not enough people playing the games. Like, fighting games is one is a niche genre. That's true. Like, when you brought Street Fighters and yes. nobody played it, because we all played Smash. Fighting games are hard, okay? It's true. And you're, you're spending, and, and this was this was something that Eris, uh, avoiding the puddle, puddle, he's one of the bigger names in fighting games. Mostly plays tech, uh, 3D fighters like Tekken and Soul Calibur. Uh, but a lot, everybody in the fighting game community knows this guy. He's one of the biggest fighting game streamers out there. But he talks about how, with fighting games, you are spending so much time hundreds and hundreds of hours in training mode in the lab practicing combos and you still suck at the game <laughs> you spend so much time practicing this and you still suck it's a very masochistic genre <laughs> that's so true when i would play dead or alive 4 and yes. i was just going god i just want to get this move down yeah and I still suck. It's like, I've spent over a thousand hours on Easy. Street Fighter Five. okay? I'm Diamond, which a lot of people will think is like, oh, Diamond, that's cool, you're good. I still suck at the game. I've seen you I, lose many times. I go to tournaments and I still get bodied, and it is disheartening. It is a hard, hard genre, because you spend so much time and you just don't feel like you're really growing that much and really progressing so that's kind of one of the reasons why people don't really stick around and why the fighting game community struggles to create to keep local tournaments going and right it, everyone has to go to vegas and they all yes. meet to that one place out here in so uh out here in the, out, yeah out here in socal literally the only place people are going to is wednesday night fights at esports arena in santa Ana. but where we live that's a really long drive right to go out there so i try to go to more local stuff and there were a couple that were doing pretty well but then like they'll do well the first couple weeks and then people start falling off and just going back to wednesday night fights because that's where all the players are right because then they realize oh well this guy's kicking our ass here i'm not going to keep coming back right. here well no it's not really that it's really? just that like you you have this event and then people will try to support it because the fighting game community they're always talking about trying to support their local events and so they will go the first couple of weeks and then they just don't really go because they want to go to Wednesday night fights where all the good players are that's the uh, fastest way okay. to progress uh, and a lot of people will feel like oh I'm being hindered by these smaller ones but if people were more willing to support all these different ones I feel like people will the community will progress as a whole more and it will be less disheartening because fighting games suck online. Like, like, let's just be fair. Like, it sucks online. Netcode is a huge issue, a really a hard, a long, a hard thing to get right. And so, online is never going to be a go as good as a local because you have to deal with shit like lag. You have to deal with stuff like l more input delay and whatnot. So, online, it's never going to be the healthiest community, and it's hard. It's easier to be tilted online because you don't have a face in front of you, and it's you don't really humanize the opponent yeah it's just like this and so it's easier to get mad that way when you're just staring at a screen and not looking at an actual person and then you 
at tournaments you, you lose have to, respect yeah. yes you have to deal with the social aspect of stuff it, it, it is socially unacceptable to rage out and toss your fight stick which is funny because um over in new uh over in uh east coast uh uh-huh. nlbc uh, there was a player i think it was sanford kelly who got really really tilted and tossed his fight oh. stick down created a dent in the floor and that that dent is still there to this day <laughs> they kept it as a ter- as a sign yes they kept it as corner, kind of a trophy because it was a really funny funny moment God. so yeah um but yeah that's that's enough of fighting games i i, I like fighting games a lot so i i have a lot to say about it but well, well that's we'll, why smash is so good because yeah. <laughs> it can bring casuals in and they can have an okay time right even if they don't win or yeah you it's know, fun yeah i feel like i land hits mm-hmm. and that's what that's nice I think it's nice. The Switch is really bringing in more people playing games. In I general, because like. it in brings general. all ages. Like I'm getting adults, you get kids. But the uh, the other thing is, it's a home console that is also portable. So that, I feel like that was like a huge appeal to it, and it just it just sold so well. Like it, it sold in ways that they wish the Wii U sold. So I always feel like they just gave up on the Wii U and are like, yeah. you know what? We know this next project we have. It's kind of like how PlayStation kind of gave up on the Vita. <laughs> It was too ahead. The PlayStation Portable and things like the Vita, too ahead of its time. I think the PSP did pretty well. It was just the Vita that kind of sold really poorly, at least here in the States. I think there's still support Supported for it in, in, Japan. in Japan because it seems like they're like uh, Catherine, Catherine Full Body. Uh, there is a Vita uh, version of it that is coming out. Mm-hmm. So they're still supporting it out in Japan, but it's just not really here in the States. It just did not do well in the States. Which is crazy when the Switch did so well, well out here. If we look at the time, wh- how much did the PS Vita go for? I don't remember. Like, if we just, if we look I'm at the price. I'm assuming like 200 $200, right? Right. You can get a Nintendo, what, DS? And there's just more games. And for a fraction of the cost? Yeah. Yeah, and there was, like, how are you going to beat Nintendo? Your kids are growing up with Nintendo. Mm-hmm. So they're going to buy Nintendo. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I guess that could, makes sense. The argument could be said as well for the PS Vita. I think Nintendo just has more iconic characters. Yeah, exactly. Th- that's their strongest suit because it's, it's definitely not Nintendo, graphics. The t- Nintendo never really tried to compete with the big uh, with PlayStation Xbox and Xbox. And they were yeah. always their kind, the kind of their own thing, dishing out you know their first party stuff, creating their little characters or their really iconic characters like Mario and 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 Kirby and whatnot. You could say they're like Apple, kind of doing their own thing right. in the phone world. But yeah, they since they were always doing their own thing, they never really had that issue of trying to compete. Uh, and they always just did pretty solid. So it was always a pretty stable thing for them. It's and definitely the characters that keeps the drive right. going. Mm-hmm. And I would say that's why the Nintendo sold so well in the right. US. Yeah. As where the Vita, yeah, it's like, sense. well, it's mm-hmm. hard, harder sell, even though I do believe it was a superior console. Right. All right. Let's go ahead and breeze through some of these stories. We're not going to go too heavy into them. Um, I, I My favorite story from the weekly roundup if you haven't seen the weekly roundup was this whole story with activision oh the, and the dot the dot <laughs> these these guys <laughs> so black ops 4 um when it initially launched there wasn't microtransactions it wasn't a thing when it launched and i feel like a reason they did that was because they wanted to kind of wait out the reviews because they knew once microtransactions became a thing those those reviews were gonna tank right they were gonna totally talk shit about it and so they waited a little bit and then they added the black market and when they added the black market oh boy did it fuck up the game because it became a grind fest if you did not 
spend real money, you were going to spend so much time grinding in Black Ops 4, and it was just appalling. And it has become even more appalling after they added the open dot. So Activision wants to charge you, or they are already charging a dollar for literally a dot on your screen. And it's, it, it's, it's, it's a reticle for your reflex site. So it's just a red dot. <laughs> like, what? Why are you charging for a red dot? It's a little easier to see than this small You can crosshair. literally take a piece of tape, just pop that on your monitor and just take a red Sharpie and just pop that there. It literally does the same thing because it's just marking the center of the screen. So you know where it is. So like, I mean, it's just so bizarre to me that they want to, they want to charge you for literally everything. And one of the comments on our weekly roundup I thought was really funny. Uh, I, for, I forget his name. I think it was like mean something, but he commented on our video uh, about the, the open dot and about Activision. He was like, uh, Activision isn't going to rest until they're charging a dollar for every pixel on your screen. <laughs> because that's just how Activision is. Activision wants to charge you for shit. They that's are their business one model, of the though. greediest companies. That's their model, though. Yes. I, 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 I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. Would you count that as a game, uh, games as a service kind of model? Well, games as a service has two sides of it, to it. Like games as a serve, Ubisoft. A while back, they were talking about how they wanted to push games as a service. Right, more. where it's one game and then just forever updated. Yes, forever updated. And I think that is, I think that's fine. But their model is more. Activision pushes more of like kind of the mobile ecosystem uh, where they were consoles. pushing like microtransactions for like they're char microcharging you for like little things boosts in your game same thing with EA I think it's fine to push games as a service in that like you're they're creating DLC creating more content for you but when you're creating a dot <laughs> that's that's true yes like when i was playing payday back in the day right. and there was a lot of DLCs and missions yeah. that felt great yeah DLC is awesome uh or can be awesome there are instances where dlc can be kind of like annoying but i think dlc it, it's fine because they are creating you're paying for more content it's like buying another game it's just an updated version of your current game and you're you know so you're paying like a little a little bit less here a little bit less there but you're getting more content and then eventually you pay big money for a fully brand new game whereas black this this the whole sh in-game shop thing it's just like you're paying money here to get a boost here you're paying money here to, to improve over here you know and, and it's just kind of toxic in a way um and i don't i don't really like it and i, I really don't like this dot here like they want to charge you a dollar for a fucking dot i still want to play call of duty <laughs> i just don't want to buy the dot <laughs> oh my god and they 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 go on sale for 50 cents <laughs> But you're, they're still charging you money for a fucking dot, and, and that's just so so scummy to me. Uh, I'm not gonna go to the CFO thing. That one's kind of boring. Nobody let's, cares let's get about to the cheap. next one. Yeah, but this next one was was more interesting. So I love the Pokemon movie, the the original Pokemon movie. Everyone I, does. I watched it in the theaters when I was a little kid. Holds a little special place in my heart because I Did love Pokemon. I did cry. You bet your ass we all <laughs> cried in that movie theater. I cried during Bye Bye Butterfree. I cried during this movie. Oh, like, oh, episode. man. Uh, but yeah. yeah, the original Pokemon movie, the first Pokemon movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back. Uh, the Pokemon company teased a trail, 
they they put out a teaser trailer thingy for uh, Mewtwo Strikes Back Evolution. Ooh, Evolution. Well, well, like, what what is it with putting Evolution at the end? Like evolution. Dragon Ball Z Evolution. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible movie. Um, oh god. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> like they they teased Mewtwo Strikes Back Evolution, and I'm super excited for it for anything that's Pokemon related for movie wise. I'm so excited for Detective Pikachu. Um, but some fans are a little bit where worried because the teaser was cg it showed a cg mewtwo and a lot of people felt it was kind of jarring and instantly when i think of anime and cg i always kind of jump take back a, take, take a scoot back a little bit because there's a reason it didn't catch on why anime is still hand-drawn mostly yes, it, it always looks so so jarring because there's a bunch of CG anime on Netflix and every time they have done CG anime in general, it has not looked good and with a few very rare exceptions. So what what, what do you think of this? Like, what do you think of CG Mewtwo? I, what it comes down to isn't the Pokemon. What it comes down to is the people. The, oh. <laughs> people in certain CG situations look way weird. Right. What people, what most, I feel like what most fans are kind of worried about is traditionally Pokemon has always been a, you know, ha- been in this particular Drawn style. Since, but look at it this way. Like if you look at, um, what was the Pokemon fighting game? I can never remember it. Um, uh, Pokken? Pokken. Yeah. Pokken tournament. Yeah. It looks great. The 3D models look sure. awesome because those are characters that don't exist in our real world. So we don't actually have something to kind of back up and say, all right, this is what they're kind of supposed, supposed to look, to look like, like how they sure. move. But when you look at a person in CG, like unless you're, you're getting Pixar cause they have their motions down to a T uh-huh. everything looks so like too robotic uh-huh. and feels really awkward, okay. which is why I never want to watch most CG things. It just looks weird. Sure. And they don't do like this realistic kind of thing. It's so that's, that's what it'll come down for me. If does Ash Ketchum move normally? In, in, in <laughs> yeah, the that's, idea. that's the other thing. CG, like, it's kind of hard to make good motion. Uh, or it, it, motion in CG is weird because you have to think of it in terms of how motion works in real life. Whereas anime, it's, it's, you can, like be, a little more, you can yeah. be a little bit more creative uh, with how that motion works so it's just kind of funky seeing something in a 3d space move it, it looks like a mannequin in the movie exactly kind of. that's why the pokemon are fine because you you're gonna really know how they should move right you have the idea of physics but yeah physics and and animals and stuff but they kind of have it okay like when i'm looking at uh, pokemon trainer uh-huh. when you when you're playing smash and the way it moves it looks all right so okay. if they, if they kind of keep it like that and the faces don't look too right, weird right, right. sure yeah, uh, I mean, I think you can do it well. It's just going to be kind of hard. And, and people are... are I, but, like, most of the people are a little bit wary of the art style because, I mean, it's not a traditional Pokemon art style. And I feel like they didn't really think of that too much with Detective Pikachu because it was incorporating real-life kind of Right, but I think, they did, a, I I think mean, they did a pretty good job like I always lo- love looking at the meme where it shows um, the Pokemon Detective Pikachu. It shows the Lion King, right. and then it shows Sonic. And you're just yeah. going, "What's this hot mess in Sonic?" I also feel like what's kind of different with Detective Pikachu is that it is not a mainline thing, whereas uh, Mewtwo Strikes That Back is, is it's a little bit more mainline. Okay, right? I agree. Uh, Detective Pikachu is something that hasn't been really done before. It's not. It it, it doesn't have to be canon. 
Um, and also this is more of an Americanized thing because, you know, Ryan Reynolds is in it and everything. So it is definitely more Americanized than tr- the traditional Japanese Pokemon. Um, but I think it looks good. Like yeah. Pikachu has fur. It's kind of what I expect. Uh huh. And at first it was sort of weird, but some then, of it looks super freaky though. Like Psyduck looks fucking weird. Psyduck does look weird. Mr. Mime Mr. Mime is terrifying. terrifying. But that's kind of how they would look. Like, I would imagine thinking about it, yeah, that would probably be fucking scary. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it, it fits to me. Sure. The CG works. Uh-huh. But yeah, regardless, I, I'm still pretty excited to see a remake of Mewtwo we'll Strikes Back. We'll go see it when it comes out. Yeah. Um, this next one was uh, sort of the timing with Catherine. So, did you watch the weekly round, or, or uh, Friday's weekly roundup, right? Of course, I'm there when uh, you film it. Yeah. You, you are there when you filmed it, but like... You saw the Steam page thingy for the Bayonetta Steam page thingy, right? So, uh, Catherine, it's getting ported to PC. Um, it was rated, or it was rated by the ESRB. It, it's, it hasn't been fully confirmed that it's coming to PC. I don't think. Um, but the timing for it is kind of weird because Catherine Full Body is supposed to come out for PS4 and Vita, and supposedly the PC version isn't going to be the one that's coming out because Full Body comes out is is probably coming out after. Uh, the PC port. So we're going to be getting the regular version of Catherine. So it's kind of weird, like this timing for this announcement, because on the Steam page for Bayonetta Steam page, uh, because we got a PC port of Bayonetta and everything too, but the Bayonetta Steam page had a, <laughs> a, a sheep and all it said was Ba, and it was by Sega. <laughs> what kind of fucking announcement is that? And the reason people are kind of tying these two together is because sheep are involved in the Catherine game and, and all that stuff. So they're like, oh, there's a Catherine announcement for PC. It's going to be on Steam. Yep. So it, it's such a funky, funky thing. That's what they want to do, man. So weird. Like, is it like some sort of ARG type shit? Do we have to like dig into the Bayonetta files to find some shit for oh God, Catherine? I'm, imagine. Look, it's, I'm not that into it, so no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spend time looking yeah. into that. And it's since it's already kind of been done, like right. you don't really need to. Right. Remember when Five Nights at Freddy's had that shit? It was on their website. And I don't like, remember because I never paid attention to anything Five Nights at Freddy's related because I tried to avoid that shit. That was it. Was so <laughs> complex trying to figure things out. Really? Like you had to go into the source code to read things like, oh, here's a reveal. Is it potentially this? And that's how you had to find out the right, storyline right, right. if there you was, really there, wanted it in depth. There was some other game that had like some really in depth uh, ARG stuff that was fucking weird too. I don't remember what Cicada. it was. Cicada. <laughs> huh? No, it's, it's a different thing. Uh, but another thing that also is, it's kind of in the works. Uh, this isn't really news related, but PT Unreal. I forgot to mention this because I I, pro- I, I wanted to mention this when I was talking about the Unreal uh and uh version of zelda and mm-hmm. we were kind of talking about fan, fan made stuff but uh but pt being that you can't get pt anymore it's true you only have the version that you have on your playstation yes and also people were worried that like we weren't going to be able to play it anymore during the oh, that yeah, whole controversy that whole thing update that would kill it yes that never actually happened People are still able to access the game just fine. Um, but, I mean, PT was... It was scary. It was scary when it came out. It was like one of the better uh, horror experiences in a game because we were at a time where Resident Evil was more of a ma- an action game. Uh, we weren't really getting any... A lot of the Silent Hill games that have been coming out were very lackluster. So we weren't really getting a lot of great horror titles. And then PT, PT came out and it was genuinely scary. Uh, and it was just a teaser 
for the upcoming Silent Hill game, which is never coming out anymore nope, because dead. Konami just makes pachinko games now. And uh, Hideo Kojima has since moved out Rest to in peace, Castlevania. Uh, his own company. And um, Guillermo del Toro, who was supposed to have a hand in PT as well, uh, doesn't want to do games anymore. I think he, I remember him saying something like that. Although he, I think he's having a hand in uh, Death Stranding still, right? Yeah. I mean, that would make sense because he's a director. He's yeah. not there to make the game. He's there to make the story. Right. And he wants to work with someone who he thinks the vision could go well with. Yeah. So if you take that away, then yeah. why does he want to work on it? But yeah, there, there, there is a fan-made version of PT that you can check out that, uh, from what I have seen, looks pretty solid for the most part. We should play it. Yeah, we, we should. We'll, we'll probably eventually play it on this channel. We've been playing a lot of horror games lately. Ever since our spooktacular stuff, it's just, we're scared. It's easy to play and it's yeah. cheap. People make it. Yeah, it has some funny moments for us when we get spooked. Oh, like, man, all of the Momo games just look <sighs> awful, but play yes. kind of fun. Can't wait for Spencer to get back. <laughs> Gotta play that third one. Oh, boy. I can't wait for Momo.exe 3. <laughs> right. Finally. Come I feel on. Like, I feel like I'm more excited for Momo games than like actual AAA titles. <laughs> right, but we already got married in Momo now, so what, what is there left to do? Yeah. Have children. Yeah. That's pretty <laughs> much... Yeah. I guess that's pretty much it for the Haycast. Uh, thank you guys for... Tuning in. Uh, if you have some stuff for, uh, if you have any questions or topics for us to talk about, you can send them over to hey we're playing at gmail.com. That's H E Y W E R E P L A Y I N at gmail.com. Send us topics so we have stuff to talk about, please. And don't send us nudes. Don't send us nudes. <laughs> but like, you can send us lewds. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with lewds. Just don't send us nudes. I don't want to see that. He goes like a, a grade down. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and that's pretty much it. We Facebook, have an Instagram, Twitter. but we don't use it much. It just yeah, lives there. It's just kind of there. We it don't gets really some have followers, actually. We don't even have anything I've, to I haven't do done anything there. with it. Like, what, what, what is there for <laughs> our channel to do on Instagram? Yeah, exactly. It's just going to be a bunch of pictures of my bedroom. <laughs> but yeah, uh, and, and also subscribe to us on po iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or any of your preferred podcasting apps and give us a rating on there to help boost us up it there. It really, really helps. If you like our stuff, you know, you, you want your friends to find out about it. So and tell watch, your friends. watch videos on YouTube, man. Watch yeah. those videos. Yeah. It's a good time. It's a good time to be alive. 2019, guys. <laughs> 2019. 2018 is behind us. Uh, all those, All those memes can go die in a ditch already and it's all about 2019 memes now we so, already got some man level one crook level 100 <laughs> mafia boss bird box memes even though they had just sprouted they're already dead they're already dead <laughs> <laughs> all right catch you guys next time see ya